Hello, hello, hello. Dan Clarkson podcast. Not going to introduce it. Can't be bothered. Not got a coffee. Uh, laid on the sofa with poly blanket. Have you all got poly blankets? You know, when you're unwell and you lay on the sofa, you wrap yourself in a blanket. I've got a cough. So if I cough, I will cover my mouth so we don't get the germs over the airways. But uh, like I said, got a cough. No, no tea, coffee. Got my poly blanket. So what we're going to talk about today? Well, I want to talk about challenges, really. Challenges. I've noticed that when I go kayaking now, I don't gram it or Facebook it or stuff like that quite very often. But I've noticed that a lot of people are trying to hold themselves up against the puzzle as they were prior to COVID and lockdowns, excuse me, <coughs> or they're holding themselves up against paddlers they see on the gram. That's what the kids call it, isn't it, on the gram. Or paddlers they see on the wave or on the river. And that's like self-destructive in a way, isn't it? Because you're not the same person you were before lockdown. Maybe you've not paddled for 18 months. Or maybe you paddle infrequently. So to maybe you're a better paddler than you were before COVID. Maybe you're a bit weaker and you're fluffing strokes and stuff like that. But you can't compare the two, surely. It's bad for you. It's bad for your mental wellness. To compare yourself to something that you can never attain again is pretty bad. Because you can't be back in that position again. But you can be here now. And you can accept that. And you can do little things better to make you the paddler that maybe you once were or that you aspired to be. And it got me thinking, how many times do we beat ourselves up about things that we have no control over? You know, we see paddlers, famous or otherwise, paddling with slick style, Surfing waves and doing tricks like some Russian gymnast, you know. I look at those and I know I can't do any of that. But I don't beat myself up about it. But perhaps I should. But then the fact that I don't paddle a boat that's shorter than my paddles probably means I have very little interest in wicky-ticky-tacko flips and hucky-tucky-toos or whatever they're called. Flippy-floppies. I do like the odd cartwheel and I'm, you know, partial to the odd flat spin and blunt, but when it comes to all the other stuff, I, I have little interest in it. I'm not saying that it's wrong to have, you know, people enjoy that stuff, but I just don't. But then I'm seeing paddlers running huge waterfalls. And I think that's really cool because I used to run huge waterfalls. I've not run a huge waterfall for a long time because life's got in the way and I'm 46, and my body doesn't bounce back like it did in my 20s. See people paddling huge white water. And I've paddled huge white water. I mean, crikey, I spend most of my day scrolling through YouTube, watching classic kayaking footage on the Stikine, or the Humla Canal, or India, or Costa Rica, or somewhere like that. And I say to my friends, hey, I've done that. I haven't paddled in Costa Rica. That was just used for artistic extravagance. 
But I do look back at those videos and think I've done that. And then I think to myself, well, I'll do it again. And I'd like to and I'd love to. And maybe time and finances will allow me. But right now, it's not the case. And I'm in a different phase of my life. And that's all right, isn't it? It's okay. And every day on the river allows us to, to be in those different phases of our life. We don't compare last week to this week or yesterday to today. Even the first run in the morning to the last run before it gets dark. Don't compare the two. Because as the saying goes, a man cannot paddle the same river twice. Because it's not the same river and you're not the same man. And I know that's a bit sort of pseudo-psychology, philosophy, wafty, yoghurt-weaving, hemp-bothering, backpacky stuff. But it makes perfect sense. Just because you could, don't we say you can. Just because you can't, don't we say you won't. And that's important. But what it has become apparent to me over COVID... And I've, I've done talks about this before, and podcasts about this before. So what has become apparent is the importance of challenge. And challenges are important. Little challenges. You know, kayaking offers challenges, doesn't it? It offers gradations of challenge. Especially white water kayaking. Because we go, when we first start, and we wobble and fall in on class one. Or grade one, however we want to talk about it. We aspire maybe to be paddle class three or class four, class five. So we have this these sort of gradations of challenge. Doesn't mean to say you're any better and get any more enjoyment paddling class five than you do paddling class two. And I think people fall over emotionally at this sort of hurdle because they think you have to you're gonna be a better paddler when you paddle class five. Well that's not the case, is it? You can be the smoothest happiest, most dial paddle on class two. That's all you ever want to do. You don't need to go up the grades. You could paddle class five and never want to paddle class two with your heart thumping out of your chest, chasing sponsorship and Instagram and scaring yourself out to death, ending up in A&E most weekends. <coughs> but if we're looking at a happiness index on both those, rather than a physical or... Uh, sort of gradation of ability, you know, class two, class five. That's how we should balance it. I've spoken about before how I'm using older boats for a lot of paddling now, especially on easier stuff, on class two, class three stuff, because I want to connect to my roots. So when I first looked paddling, I was paddling the industrial heartland of West York, so, you know, weirs with rebar and graffiti. And I was using dancers and Perception Corsicas, old Eskimo boats, Gatinos, Invaders. But I'm using those again and I'm going back to the same wheels. And I'm actually finding quite a bit of magic in that. You know, you don't need to have the crystal clear torrents of a national park to find adventure. You can find it around pretty much most inner city streets. Well, most inner city streets give you a lot more than adventure. They'll probably give you meth and spice and running for your life. But I think you guys understand what I mean. Interesting, isn't it? Challenges. Some of you know, people will know, and some probably don't care. But I took up running about 18 months ago. 
I when I said I took up running, it, I begrudgingly bought some running shoes. And I used to go out and I'd run 500 metres and I'd curl on the floor and I'd cry. And I'd walk home defeated. But I'd do it again and I'd do it again and I'd do it again. And I did it until the point where I could run a kilometre. Then I could run two, then I could run three. And before I knew it, I could run 5k. 5k is quite a nice distance, isn't it? And I probably do that you know, a couple of times a week. That's quite nice. Plod, plod, plod. I'd look at rivers with no water in. Uh, I'd get wet in the rain because I couldn't drive to a river because we were in COVID. Plod, plod, plod. And then I started looking on YouTube at runners. I have no interest in runners. Never did. But I found some YouTube clips and I became addicted to this sort of bizarre sport called ultra running. Now, ultra running sounds like this hell on toast kind of endurance thing. Uh, for those that are unaware, ultra running is the ultra marathons, rather, ultra running, ultra marathons. It's pretty much anything over marathon distance. So, like a 50k would class as an ultra. And I started watching people, you know, famous people in the Barclay Marathons, the Backyard Marathons, runners like Ali Bailey, you know, Jim Wallace. I think I got their names right, because I'm not really a sports fan. Carly DeWalter, started watching those, and these people are running for like hundreds of kilometres. And I'm only doing like five kilometres or a half marathon at best. And then slowly, slowly, I started knocking out 50Ks. But that's not really the point of this. I mean, I've done a couple of ultra marathon events, 50k events. The point of it is, I'm not going to those races or run those distances and compare myself to the people on YouTube. I don't compare myself to people that win these long distance events, you know, the 100k, you know. I just don't do it. And it's because I'm not part of that circle, I don't. I don't sort of see the jostling for pole position like perhaps I would in kayaking because I've been in kayaking for so long. I sort of see the pole position of which boat's better than which boat, which sponsors athletes are better because they're using this product, which river's harder because of its reputation. And you don't, I don't get that in ultra running because I don't actually have the experience to understand that something like, you know, a backyard ultra is different to a box standard ultra marathon. And this is the point of this podcast, really. Backyard ultra, 6.7 kilometres on the hour, every hour until your legs fall off or you get timed out. That's a backyard ultra. Box standard ultra is either a circle route or a point to point of 50k plus. So I've done a couple of circle routes, but you go back to the start. Uh, not out and back, you know, a circle. Uh, and I've done a couple of straight line ultras where you start at point A and then you finish at point B. You cross a little banner and you get a little medal and a cup of tea. But a backyard ultra is not that. It's you run a circle loop of 6.7k on the hour every hour. So you can run it in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, set up a cup of tea and a biscuit. Do it again, set up a cup of tea and a biscuit. Obviously, the times that you drink your tea and your biscuits get shorter and the tighter your legs get. Now, Leeds just had its first inaugural, that's the word, isn't it? First Backyard Ultra in Bramley Falls. And the weekend now, managed 53k. That, that's, that's all right for me. I'm quite happy with that. You can work out the hours of run by dividing that by 6.7 if you really want. But the winner 
than 35 hours, or 35 times 6.7. And I thought about this a lot, and I think that's an amazing feat. But I'm not jealous, and there's no envy there. Because we both ran our own race, and we both had different experiences, neither of which are less valid. Does that make sense? You know, my experience and Keith's experience or whatever was no less valid just because I dropped out, got timed out early on, and he ran into the night on the second night, doesn't mean that our uh, situations are less valid. And I think in kayaking, we because we have this gradation of white water, we think we're less valid sometimes or people are less valid because they paddle lesser grades, and that's rubbish because that ain't true. I think some people beat themselves up, especially in uh, eddies, when they're sort of nervous above a rapid that's class two or class C, and maybe at the limit of their ability and they're dead nervous, and they see somebody fly down there without using paddle strokes, just making it look so easy. And people, some people feel threatened, and I know they do because people have mentioned it to me on messengers. Uh, and I just wanted to raise it in a podcast about nobody's less valid just because they can't paddle as smooth as you are they're no less valid because they don't have a modern boat, they're no less valid because they don't paddle, you know, this river or that river. They're no less valid because they're paddling industrial heartlands. They're no less valid that they only paddle maybe once a month or once every six months or whatever it may be. But, and this is the but, on, what day is it? On Monday, I think it was, yeah, Monday. I went out and did a 5k around an H reserve and I ran with young lady Ali Bailey who is one of the people that I've been watching YouTube videos of. Ooh, I mean, oh, you know, this is like paddling with one of the big paddlers that we aspire to run. You know, this is somebody that's run hundreds of miles. Somebody that has got a YouTube channel or somebody that Sponsored up to the eyeballs. I think, you know, somebody, the Send crew or something like that, you know, Sean Baker, if you're of my age, or a big sponsor pal, maybe Monty. But I went for a run with uh, Ali. We ran at the same speed, just did 5k, and we walked the ups. And then we had coffee. And not once did I feel intimidated. Although, perhaps I did feel a little bit intimidated when I was waiting in the car park. I had kayaking board shorts on. Uh, really bad headband because my hair's got so long now. But I didn't feel intimidated. It was just a jolly morning out. And that's the great thing. Because I know in kayaking that some people feel intimidated when they meet, I'm going to put in brackets, known paddlers at put-ins. They feel like they have to step up to the mark or they feel uh, a sort of sense of undervalued, perhaps. And I know that because people have told me, and this is why I've just mentioned it at the start of the podcast and why I mentioned it again now. Keep it in check. doesn't matter. No one cares. The only person that cares about how you should feel is you. You know, once you put that deck on, it's all about you, innit? It's all about your day. 
if you fluff your line, we all fluff lines. So like you see the gram generation, social media generation, we don't often see the fluff, the fluff lines. People edit that out. It's a little bit unfair. But everyone fluffs. Everyone fannies about in car parks. We don't see that on the gram. Some people fanny about more than others, but we all fanny about. We all forget stuff sometimes. You know. We all we all wave hogs sometimes, whether we've been to or not. You know, we all sit in the top of that eddy fence and get clattered into by everyone paddling into the eddy when we should move to the back because we forget river etiquette. We've all done it. Don't be hard on yourself. Learn and watch and smile. Yeah. And it's okay to get off and walk. Always is. Just like walking the ups on a run. That's alright. No one's gonna Yeah. I say no one's gonna. People do. People do take the piss sometimes. But if your peers are taking the piss out of you walking a drop, even if you've done it a thousand times, it's time for new paddling friends. Because we're in here for fun, it's a leisure sport. And we don't need to be ridiculed, whether it's in banter or not. You know, just do simple things, you know, look after each other, put some cake on your dashboard, don't just leave it on your dashboard like it'll melt, will it, that frost and go away, but put it in a little tin, Tupperware tin, have some tea and cake when you get off, watch out for each other, realise that your journey that day is different to your mate's journey that day, the way you're going to interact with the flow is different. What you want out of that river that day is different. No one's on that river. Could be hundreds of paddlers on a river on a Saturday and not a single one of those paddlers is there for the same reason. We all have common threads, but it's not the same. So try and be kind. And I know it's hard, because I fall foul of it myself. Anyhow, I just wanted to rattle on to you there. Because I'm, like I say, I've got the polar blanket on and I'm speaking to very few people because I'm sick. But it ain't COVID, so we're all right. And I didn't cough during the podcast, which is even better. Anyhow, have a cracking day. Uh, you know the drill with buying me a coffee. I'm not even going to talk about that. You also know the drill about loads of other stuff. Drop some uh, questions in comments and we'll do another podcast if you want to answer some questions. Speak to you all very soon. Be safe.